Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to announce our latest brand sponsor, Legendary Foods. Legendary has created a unique treat that I'm obsessed with called the Protein Pastry, aka an adult Pop-Tart. That's right. Say goodbye to compromising on flavor for nutrition. If you're hungry for something better than a protein bar, you've got to try the Legendary Protein Pastries and Sweet Rolls. If you're like me and you're on a mission to eat better, build muscle, tone up, or even increase your protein, these are an incredible way to eat what you love without compromising your diet or goals. Y'all know that I love eating healthy and advocating for a strong body, but sometimes we get those sugar cravings and I need that fix. That's where Legendary comes in for me. These go-to high-protein, low-carb treats curb my sweet tooth while also helping me hit my protein intake for the day. I know you're going to love these as much as I do, which is why I begged them to be a brand sponsor for the show. They were so generous and gave us a discount code, which you can find below in the show notes. So hit the pause button right now and go order yourself some. I can't wait to hear what you think when you try them. Now let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. I feel like we're friends through other friends that we know on social media. So having her show up and be able to chat with me, I feel like we're going to connect on a lot of similar topics that we talk about on the show. Um, And Madison, I'm just so excited to have you because I know that we run in similar circles, but also you have some stories and you've got some life that you've lived. And I love just diving into people's stories and the transitions of how they got from there to here on the show, because it really reminds people that, you know, maybe if they're in a season of stuckness or going through that fear or a transition or thinking about something where maybe they don't have anybody to talk to about that, or they don't have a circle that understands like what they're going through, that they can tune into this podcast and kind of connect with other women who are sharing what's really going on. So excited to chat with you. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. And I agree with you. It's just like that feeling of, I I call it like the me, me too factor. Like I don't feel alone because so often we're all going through these things and just no one wants to talk about it. So we all just feel crazy. And then once people start talking about it, you're like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I thought I was the only one on this entire planet dealing with X, Y, Z. And little did we know there's so many of us that have gone through similar things and like could help us through it. And just think by talking about it on podcasts, much like yours, much like mine, just makes people feel less alone and just totally appreciate it. So yeah. Excited. Can we dive into that? Because I know you have a podcast and I know yeah. a lot of people in my world have been wanting to start podcasts and like myself, yeah. I waited two years no, <laughs> because of so much overwhelm. So I know, everyone I know. on the show knows my story, but I'd love to hear your story around why you thought starting a podcast was kind of the platform for you and how what your process look like. Yeah. So I feel like mine might be a little different only in the sense of like, so I'm a master instructor at SoulCycle. I've been with SoulCycle for eight years. I'm one of their top instructors in the country. And I found that, you know, it's 60 people in a room and I'm giving these like golden nugget, like beat drops at the end. It's like, I have these divine downloads and I give like these little pops of like, this is the knowledge or like, this is the school or whatever. And then like everybody leaves and I'm like, Oh, that was dope. Like let's noodle on that. So I really just feel like the podcast was an extension of my class. So it started out as Mad's Dad's Beyond the Bike, which is my Instagram handle because my last name is Chaconi. So everything Madison Chaconi is like taken because of Madonna. Madonna's last name is Chaconi, if you didn't know that. So a lot of, I was like, I, I tried to get my handle for so long. And then I was like, I, it's just not happening. I'm forever and ever Mad Stats on Instagram. Um, so that's really how it happened. It was like, I want to do more than just offer these kind of like little nugget, uh, like knowledge drops, these mic drops at the end of class. And that's really what pushed me to do the podcast. And then from there it's evolved into, uh, wicked fearless and changing the name and changing the logo. And I think to be honest, that's a huge thing that holds people back. They think they have to be one thing later than like where they start with. And to be honest, I was like, you can literally change everything. You can change the cover. You can change the colors. You can change the name. You can change literally everything about your podcast. Just it's so important to just do it. And I, I, I think forever and ever, amen, the thing I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's like, if it's perfect, when you put it out, you waited way too long to start. Like that first iteration should like make you cringe. When I go back and I look at what I put out first and like, 
I want to, I'm like, it's horrifying. I like can't even look at it. It's like trying to watch yourself on camera. You like squirm. You're like, I can't even believe I was putting this out. But I think that's so much of what teaches you like the courage and the bravery and the fearlessness in your life of like just showing up and executing versus sitting in the stuck and the analysis paralysis of being like, oh, but like, what if this and what if that? Um, And like that staying in the stuckness of like getting ready when you never feel ready. You just have to do it. Oh, Angie Lee's favorite line is ready is a lie. And I've just like taken that. Oh, yeah. So good. So, okay, guys, I, we didn't prep this. We didn't talk about this. I don't even know if she knows my show used to be called the beauty inspires beauty podcast. I mean, I was 22 year veteran in the beauty industry. So during COVID was when I finally was out of excuses to start this show. And I was like, who am I going to speak to? Because I was in this like transitioning out. I was, I had opened the salon with the idea to sell it eventually and have it kind of be like this catalyst to the next thing, which I wasn't sure what it was, but I had gone through the first round of Fast Foundations with Chris and Lori Harder. And so like my gates were open of like, what could I possibly do online? Because I had settled into this new why of, I want to be location free. I honestly don't even care what it looks like at this point. How Mm. am I going to get there? And everyone knew me as like a hairdresser salon owner, right? Because that's what I would share online. That's what, that's just who I was. And it wasn't until COVID where I had this beautiful space that I had, I mean, literally I'd opened the salon six months before COVID. So I had the space. I was out of excuses. I had a client friend who was a videographer and I was like, let's just start. Um, unbeknownst to me, video doesn't mean you know how to do audio. So talk about cringeworthy. Like these, they're, they're bad. The audio is shit. Like almost to the point where when I listen to them back, I'm like, what is actually happening? This, like, if I put this out there, like I will be laughed. And then I'm like, you know what? Like you just said, it's what I can look at now as where I started to where I'm at. And it gives me so much confidence because nobody was listening to those first few episodes. Nobody gave a shit. Like if anything, maybe they never had even listened to a podcast. So when I shared something with them, they're like, Oh, this is cool. You know, because I I started with what I knew, which was like introducing my industry friends. And we were talking about what we were going through, but I knew deep down that like, that wasn't going to be the end all be all of like what I talked about and really who I was, because very similar to you, like those little nuggets and knowledge drops were like the conversations I was getting to have behind the chair. Yes. They walk out with their pretty haircut, but like, it was so much more. And that's I always knew I was a pretty good hairdresser, but I knew connecting and listening and space holding was more like what I was really good at. I just happened to be decent at hair also. So it worked for so many years. And it's why I created such a loyal clientele and probably why you've had so much success with SoulCycle too, because you are just showing up authentically, you're channeling, you're speaking from your truth, like you're just being yourself. Yeah. And so that does transition really well into podcasting because People want that. People want that. But like you said, they get so stuck on the perfectionism of the cover art and the font and the colors and the branding and all that stuff. And I think I changed my cover art like three times, like during launch. I I mean, I was like, whatever. I don't even (laughs) care because I was like, no one's watching me yet. Nobody even knows me. But I just knew that if I didn't put myself out there in a way that would connect with more people, I was never going to be able to grow into whatever was possible. Like the opportunity just wouldn't be there if I didn't put myself out there. And podcasting is one of those things that like you really control the narrative of like when you record, what you say, how long your episodes are, what guests you have. Do you want to show up in full glam? Do you want to do video? Do you only want to do audio? Like it's so amazing. And the content lives forever. Unlike maybe a story or even a reel on social media. So, um, how long ago did you start your show? So I, it'll be four years in November. So it wasn't like a COVID baby project. I was like, you know, like 2019 was like the best. I got like double promoted all like 2019 was rocket ship for me, like an absolute Mm. rocket ship. And I was just like, "Mm, let's do another thing. Let's like do the podcast. Like, and then, um, you know, and then it just grew and grew, but I, I talked to so many people and they're like, well, I had nothing. I was bored. I was like, well, I certainly wasn't bored when everything shut down. Like I... But um, I know a lot of people started it during that, but I think that, I think that what you said that resonated with me was like holding space behind the chair. My mom's a hairdresser. So I totally, Hmm. it's so much like, like everything else in life that we do when you are just more than just what like the title is. Um, I, I just can visualize and feel that so much when you're like, oh, it's just so much more than just cutting hair. It's almost like that's the the vessel. And then like you are the message beyond that uh, or the vehicle, whatever vehicle vessel you want to call it. And then your message and what you do and how you hold space. And, and I'm sure that's how all this other stuff has kind of 
come to fruition for you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you said though, too, because a lot of people say they're too busy to start a show and mm. that they don't know how they could fit it all in. You were someone who like life was on a rock. You were like, you could have been very successful without the podcast. Like you could have continued to grow your personal brand at the level you probably wanted to without the show. And I think I get a lot of people saying like, I'm just too busy. I don't know how to fit it all in. Are there, yeah. I mean, I've never been one. Like back in the day, I was like such a creative, like, I don't have processes, no systems. I just do the thing. And then I was like, wait, I do actually have a process and a system to how I cut and what, <laughs> all the things. I just didn't want to label it. Yeah. But with recording and with what you're doing, is there like, have you like worked it into your schedule or how do, how do you make time for creating this type of content? Yeah, I think, okay, so I have always been somebody that it, very much like what you said, like I fly by the seat of my pants. I'm not a planner. I never batched content. I never batched episodes. I found that as I've grown into it and the years have gone on, it is so much easier to batch episodes. So the way my podcast works is I do a solo episode and then usually a guest on mine. And then in between, sometimes I pop in like pep talks, especially if it's something that's like super heavy on my heart or like a nugget that I like dropped in class that I was like, Ooh, let's like go into that for a second. Um, and I found that when I batch a lot of my, um, uh, interview episodes, it's a lot easier because then I'm not like, Oh my God, scrambling for, whatever. And I've just never been a planner. It's just something I've had to grow into a little bit with the podcast. Um, like I said, and like you alluded to before, we were just showing up before and just like talking. Like, I think one of my first episodes is I don't even have like an intro or intro music. I literally am just like, Hey, what's up? I'm here in your ear. Like this is happening. So I think just over time you, you develop processes that work for you. For me, um, that's either like recording on a Sunday night, which again, like that's not necessarily easy, like on a Sunday, I don't know, um, for drops to go out on Monday. Now you, I mean, you get to create a life of your own design with podcasts. If you don't want it to come out on Monday, come out, it could come out on Friday. Like it could, uh, really be anything you want it to, but I think that the biggest thing is consistency with it. So that's one thing I see a lot is someone will start something or do it for like a season and then they won't do it anymore. And right. it's so much harder to come back when you lose the rhythm of being in it and yeah. putting out the content weekly or was there bi-weekly ever, or whatever. Right. Was there ever a time when you wanted to quit? Oh my gosh. I feel like a podcast is a waiver of love. Like every week I'm like, is anybody listening to me? Like, <laughs> is this doing anything? Like, I mean, the whole point of why I, I beyond, you know, I wanted to, you know, elaborate on what I was doing in the room or whatever, blah, blah, blah my whole thing was to grow and to grow an audience, to grow bigger, to not be confined to a brick and mortar, like a salon or a soul cycle studio or wherever we are in the world. Like you get to really expand your reach, which is, I think why a lot of people would want to do a podcast. Also, like you have really good things to say and you have great guests and you want to talk to more people and you want to impact more lives. Then you can't just be in a space. You have to go beyond that, beyond Instagram, beyond all things. And the podcast served as like another leg of that kind of how we reach people now. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, it's definitely, I don't know. It's a labor of love. I don't know if it is for you. It totally is for me. Like 100%. there are just times like with anything, you're just like, I, I don't know if I have anything to talk about. I feel like I've talked about everything. I feel like it was what I'm saying stale. Um, and then it, it usually always works itself out. Like, it's kind of like you, you kick and scream the whole way there. And then you sit down and you're just like, okay, what's coming up for me right now? And then usually something. something yeah. Great. Sometimes those oh. are oddly some of my best episodes mm -hmm. where I'm like really have like an aversion to it that day for whatever reason. And then yeah, magic happens. Totally. I'm going to send this episode to all of our new clients at the agency <laughs> because I know they're going to hit these walls. And it's been so cool. You know, I launched it just like two months ago after sitting in room after room of masterminds and being around tons of women at different events, all the all the people we know that yeah. have their cool route events. And just A, either hearing like the excuses of wanting to start it, but you know, enter whatever excuse, time, money, uh, content, whatever. And the fact that I think a lot of them know that it gets a long game. It's not like, oh, this is what we're doing for six weeks. It's not, it's not a diet. It's not, it's like you're in it. And a lot of people don't want to start something that they're not going to, you know, stick with or whatever. And I respect that. But 
you know, I always reiterate, like you can make it whatever you want. One episode a month, two episodes a week, five episodes a week, five episodes a day. Like you can do whatever you want, however you want. Yeah. And I had a good friend who uh, was helping me through some stuff during a season where I did want to quit. I was a little bit confused and I really knew that I wanted to rebrand but I wasn't sure what my direction was. And it was just like this frustrating time where I'm like, I just need a break. And I did have a couple episodes batch. And she's like, let's just drop to one episode a week. I was doing two at the time. She's like, let's just put the what you have out there. Take a month, like stop recording. Don't do anything. And I think literally just saying that I still ended up recording episodes. I still was like doing the things. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lot like working out, right? Like a lot of times you don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to be there, but like after you do it, you feel so good. And you, you know that like, if you take a couple weeks off, it's going to be so much harder to get back into it. If you, if you don't like sometimes you just gotta show up and walk on the treadmill or sit on the stretch mats yeah. and just like, just stretch, you showed up, like you checked the box. Maybe it's not going to count towards anything, but it counts towards you and your self accountability. I just did an episode on that the other day with one of my manifestation friends around accountability for yourself and you know what that looks like and how it builds that inner confidence and trust because nobody else cares if I get up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym. Nobody cared that I did yoga this morning. Not not a damn person, except for my boyfriend, because he knows that I'm mentally going to be in a better place later when we talk to each other, because I got to get my little zen on. Um, yeah. and, and I know like the things that I need to support myself in to show up on a day where I need to podcast. So definitely had to get up early. Definitely had to go do my workout so I could be focused and clear. And so it's like, oh, that's my process. What and how did you get into a working for Soul Cycle and into this amazing, crazy world that we all know as Soul Cycle? Um, so uh, my story is kind of like a little all over the place. I, you know, I went to school in Nashville for entertainment and music business, which, by the way, makes me think about the podcast too. Because when people ask me like, "How'd you start a podcast?" I totally forget that I have these intangible skills of like knowing all this audio engineer stuff and knowing what my voice should sound like. And I have like a very good pitch and ear when it comes to music. So like, I just have these innate skills that I take for granted a lot of times. Like, I don't even think of it. Um, so that was another thing I thought of. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, you just like download a mic and then you just plug it in you go into GarageBand and you just start talking and people are like, what are you even talking about? Like, how do you know? And so sometimes you have to go back and be like, oh, like you actually acquired that skill when you went for that degree that like didn't make sense at the time, but is now actually playing out in your life. So I went to school for entertainment industry studies with minor in music business, Nashville, which brought me to LA. I worked in um, as an executive assistant, personal assistant for a lot of C-suite exec executives, um, big PR companies, big entertainment companies, um, celebrity world, like totally in that whole world. I did that for several years, four or five years, and then just kept hitting a wall of like this mid-level management thing where I would go work at a new ad agency and then they would have like a round of layoffs and I was like always getting laid off. Like I think it happened to me twice. So it happened to me twice. I'm like, always. And I just remember being like, it's just not working. Like, it's not working here. Like, and I was so all set with LA. I was like, I'm done. Like, I've done everything I can to like scrape by and make this work. And it's just not working. It was like my, I call it like, <laughs> you know, I call it a bathroom floor moment. Like your bottom out, like your rock bottom. Um, <laughs> our friend, I think our mutual friend Coach Dar calls it a catalyst for change. Mm. So I'm even trying to like, you know, put that spin on it. But so I actually applied to SoulCycle to be like part of the front desk, like work as a manager. And that's actually how I ended up being there. I had no, literally no, absolutely no idea, no thought around teaching, instructing. I just like knew it was a rocket ship in the fitness wellness industry. I was like, I need to get on it now because it's only going to, it was like blowing up. I was just like, I have to get in. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm cleaning toilets. I don't care if I'm spraying shoes. I don't care what I'm doing. I was just committed to that process. And then as I started to grow there and ride up for master senior instructors at the time, get in with the community, people kept asking me like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Like, why aren't you the one doing the class? Like, and I was kind of like, mm, that's interesting. I never really thought of that. I thought I was going to like, you know, move up the corporate ranks and then move back to New York and I'd be closer to my family and I'd be like in marketing, you know, 
like so many of us are like, yeah, marketing, you. <laughs> whatever that is. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. so many people, I'm like, I'm marketing. Yay. Um, so you, you at least were taking the classes, right? You probably got a free membership. Yeah. So you were oh, like yeah. a member and you were part of the community, but you were cool. thinking more strategic, like stay in the lane that I know, which is marketing business. At, yeah. Like maybe I could help them grow this even more and move to New York. Okay. I love totally. this story. So totally. good. Yeah. So did not expect this complete 180. I was like, yeah, what do I have to lose? I'll, I'll audition to become an instructor. So I auditioned in California. I make it through. I go, it, it was this whole process at the time. It's, I don't think it's like this really anymore. You go to New York, you go through training. And when I went in, they were specifically like, there's no spots for you in LA. So you have to move. Like by going into the training program in New York, you are just, you are not going back to LA. So I like moved my shit to the corner. I remember pushing all my shabby chic furniture that I acquired over the last six years, like to the curb. I was like, goodbye. Like, I, you know, you try to sell it and then like people are haggling and you're like Craigslisting yeah. in LA and it's like a wild zoo and you're like, this is not for me. No, so you then, stick it in an alley somewhere and it's gone <laughs> in five minutes. Yeah. So then you yeah. just push it to the curb and you like watch people take it and you're like, bye. Um, and like, that was fun. So I moved to New York, I go through training and then they offer me several different cities. It was like Philly, Houston, Boston. Now I'm from Rhode Island. So my parents were like, listen, if you hate it here, at least you have some sort of normalcy, people, some kind of community, friends from high school, whatever. Um, and that was seven years ago in September. So I've been in Boston now for seven years, which is crazy. This is like the first adult quote unquote place I've lived that's now outlived LA. I was in LA for almost six years, um, Nashville for four. And then obviously I grew up in Rhode Island. So, but like, what do you know before you're 18? So pretty crazy that I'm here in Boston. So grew that, grown into a presence, a name for myself with instructing and soul cycle. And then beyond that, you know, coaching, putting out a gratitude journal, like all this other stuff that has come from it. So that's like the Judy Bloom version to bring you up to like kind of where I am now. Speaking of her, I love her so much. Yeah. I didn't um, see the movie, but I need to, like I need yeah. to do that. Seriously. What a great, and thank you for like breaking it down like that, because I feel like so many people spend so much time, let's just say in an industry thinking that's the end all be all and they're a failure if they don't have whatever level of success they had planned for. And, you know, I, so many people go to school for something, right. And then they yeah. don't end up doing the thing. And okay, that's that we know that box check, right. But you took an opportunity in an industry that you saw catapulting, not even in the sense of like being the instructor, but just being a part of what you saw that was like trending, taking off. And, and from a marketing standpoint, like being a part of anything, even if you're the person taking out the trash, like you joked about, like you're still connected to that brand somehow. You're still yeah. able to like say, Hey, I roll with this crew and that proximity and that networking ability. Like you didn't know what was going to happen. That's what I love about getting in these random rooms with different people who have events or different people who have podcasts or different people who are whatever. It's like, what is possible? And you never know until you're around different things until people are like, Hey, you would be really good at this. Maybe you should try this or Hey, yeah. why haven't you ever thought about this? You're like, I don't know. You think I should. And then you, you fall in love with something and look And seven years later, it's like helped you catapult to a place you never probably even dreamed of, let alone li to live. Yeah, no, I, there, you know, it's so funny. I feel like every time I talk on a podcast, you kind of, I, what I love the most is you, you reflect more on so much that you've kind of forgotten and not because you're not so like happy or grateful or whatever about it. It's just like, you just forget. Cause you're like living your life. You don't kind of right. like look back all the time. But what I love is like, you know, when you glance back in that rear view mirror from time to time, you're just reminded of like what you did to get to where you are. Cause I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit. So then when we're in that state of like, you're, you're getting the things, the things are happening. You can tend to, it's not that you're not grateful, but you can forget all that you are. And I think that serves as like the red receipts on your life. Like I actually can do what I put my mind to. I can accomplish these things. Um, and I can, I, I can make whatever, you know, whatever this life is for myself that I, I really want it to be. And we don't give mm -hmm. ourselves enough credit for sure. No. Um, I think that I call what you just talked about. I call it like the God knock or like the nod or the knock where other people see your expertise or your gifts sometimes before you do, because they're on the receiving end of all that you are. And you don't even realize all that you are sometimes because you're just like, you're going through your experience in your body. You're not seeing what that's doing or how, or how it's having a ripple effect on other people. So I always allude to like, that was like a big knock in my life or, um, yeah, I call it like the knock and it happens sometimes. I always tell people to be really vigilant of like when someone says something over and over to you again, or you're hearing the same thing over and over, that's usually like 
a, okay, like, let me, let me actually listen to what's going on here because I'm being told this so many times that there has to be some truth and validity to what's going on here. Yeah. And how many times would you say during those four to five years that you were in the LA world doing all that, did you get knocks that said, Hey, this probably isn't for you. Hey, this probably isn't what you should be doing. I think sometimes we don't listen to it in the other way as well, which is like our intuition telling us, Hey, I physically, this doesn't feel right. And there's a reason why I'm getting let go and why this isn't working the way it's supposed to, instead of like, this isn't working. It's like, maybe it's not supposed to work. Maybe I was just supposed to gather this information so that now look at you. Now you have all this backend knowledge of marketing and all the things that you're like, Oh shit, wait, I do know how to do all this. Watch me start a podcast in five seconds. Watch me promote it. Watch me create like all this stuff out of it. Yeah. It's, it's so, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, when doors, cause I am like, I don't know about you, but like, I'm like, if a door slams in my face and someone tells me, no, I'm like, I'm going to find a window. I'm going to crawl through it. I'm going to karate chop the door down. Like, I, like, I, I don't like to be told no. Like, I'm like, okay, no, no pours like WD 40 on the flame for me. But I've, what I've noticed looking back and again, like Steve Jobs, you can only connect those dots. Hindsight. Um, the nose are, are sometimes your biggest blessings. And I, I'm like a huge, I have, have a pretty big faith practice. I believe in God. Like sometimes I feel like the doors that are slammed in your face are, are like God's way of saying not today, Satan, in the sense of like, there's a reason that you're being told no. And like, I'm trying to find that kind of delicate ballet dance between no is a not right now. And no, I'm telling you no, because it's to protect you like it's, it's a protection and it, and it's a blessing in disguise. And it's so challenging to try to decipher that. And, and I, I'm really working, I, I'm always working on it. Like, is this a no, not right now? Because I haven't self-actualized or done the work or put it in, or is this a no, because I'm trying to be protected from something or someone yeah. that's yeah. like no good for me. Oh, so many things are coming up for me as you're saying that, because I just went through kind of a season of what I thought I wanted to be involved in and be a Mm. part of. And I kind of got squeezed out, I guess, is a nice ish way to like make it make sense. And when it was happening, I was like, it was, it was like, no, I'll show you. It was like that same kind of like, you you know, feeling of the WD 40. And it made me kind of step back and question, like, why do you want this so bad? Is it because now you're being told you can't have it or like what is actually happening? And it was really more the opposite of what we started talking about of like people telling me to do my own thing, people saying, go your, like create your own stuff. And I was like, always such a fan of being a team player. I mean, yeah. I worked in salon. So it's like, even when I ran my own business, I was still part of a team and like yeah. the client was still, it, it was interesting. And so I had to realize though entrepreneurship, seemed like it wasn't what I it always been what I have done. And it always been my own thing and, and focusing on my own stuff that made me successful. So when I looked back at what I had created in the industry, I was like, oh yeah, it was because I went all in on me and yeah. my things and what I had to bring to the table rather than trying to be someone's right hand or the supporter or the cheerleader or a partner. Even I was like, you have to take the lead. You've been told you're a leader your whole life. You've been told like, be the, you know, what head person on the cheer team and start like be the coach. And and I was like, I don't want to, sometimes I don't want to be the one to take out the trash and tell everybody what to do. Sometimes I just want to be told what to do too. So there's like this internal struggle of when you're put into certain roles, you know, just by how, how you are naturally. Sometimes if you keep going against that, it's just going to feel like resistance. And as soon as I stepped into alignment of well, the agency made sense, but at the same time, it didn't because I'm one of those people that I'm like, oh, but she and her, they're doing it great. Like it's already being done. They're taking care of that market. Like no harm, no foul. It's not like I was thinking I couldn't also do it, but I was like, no, everyone's good because they're doing it. And if I wanted to like, but then when I step back, I'm like, but you could do it just as well. And there's enough to go around. And if I remember going back to the salon industry, I was in salons of 20 to 30 stylists and there was enough clients for everybody to be successful. So I was like, she can do it and I can do it. And then maybe we can be friends and like, you know what I mean? Like, and grow together. So you probably feel that with like maybe your other soul cycle instructors or other people that are like vibing at the same frequency that you are, like everybody can win and everybody can have their own audience or followers or community, right? It's not just because you have a community that somebody else can't. Yeah. I think that is I th- I think that is just something I don't think men deal with that. I think that's only women. <laughs> yeah. 
Probably. So, um, but I, I notice that a lot sometimes like in the coaching space, there's definitely like a scarce, a little bit of like a scarcity mindset or like a cool girls table where like only certain people can hang out and, you know, and then like, there's this like velvet rope action. Like sometimes in the coaching space, it makes me feel like when I used to like roll up to the hottest club in LA and I like, wasn't cool enough at the time. And like, I would have to try to like dog my way in, um, to which case I will get in like the summer, the summer at the surf lodge when the chain smokers played last summer, I literally like did a tuck and roll to get in there. Like my girlfriend and I like tuck and rolled under and got in. I was like, I'm not going to not see this. I don't, I don't care that you don't think I'm not whatever the hell I need to be. I'm going to be in there. Um, sometimes it feels like that in certain spaces. I don't really, I really don't know why that is. I wish that there was less of that, but I just, it's, it exists. Um, I try to always say like, you're, you're never going to be worse off for reaching back and pulling someone up with you, especially somebody that is trying to walk a similar path as you. Like, I feel like that is, I'm a, I'm like a sociable two on the Enneagram. I was always mistyped as a three or an eight. And I recently did like a whole thing where I'm a sociable two. So I'm a helper. I always want to help. I want to like, if I can save somebody the, all the heartache and like crap that I went through and fast pass their experience. Like, that's what I say about my coaching program. Like you can do Disney two different ways. You can go, you know, no snacks, no water, shitty shoes, no map, or you can have the fast pass. Like you got like the special person on your birthday. You can eat in the castle. You meet all the characters. Like, which one are you going to pick? Um, and I always hope that I am that person, like the rising tide lifts all ships, but I do know what you're saying. Like there is sometimes a little bit of like a scarcity complex. Yes. Yeah. And it happens to all of us. And, and, and I love that we're sharing this, that we too feel like there are those velvet ropes or there are tables that mm. we're not invited to sit at yet. And I think this just brings into perspective, like maybe, you know, you're feeling like that too, listening to the show that, Hey, it's a normal feeling and there are ways to contribute and to show up bigger so that maybe a, you get noticed or B you start to get those invitations or like she's saying about even hiring a coach, you know, paying to be in these rooms or paying for proximity. Like it's a thing that everybody does. And it's a thing that people do to grow their network, right? Because I sometimes think that we all just want to be invited. And that's not necessarily how business works or life even. Everything I feel is a transaction at some level, mm -hmm. right? Are you able to mirror match someone's energy? Would would you want them around? Would they want you around? Like, I think we all have to take a look at like what we bring and how we've shown up and how we've contributed. Because I think, you know, probably like you with the podcast, I feel like this is my way of being of service, of sharing conversations, of creating content that's helpful, inspirational, aspirate, whatever it might be for yeah. someone or what they might need to hear. Um, and I ask nothing in return other than like, let me know what you think and like, give me your honest feedback and like, let's start conversations about this because at some point I felt alone in all the things I usually talk about or share. And so that's why it's great to be able to connect with another podcaster or someone who started in one industry and is now doing something completely different that they never even thought was a thing, right? Like yeah. for me, having a podcast that's doing what it's doing and then having an agency where we help other people, I would have never, like this wasn't in the check the box list when I graduated high school, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nor was it even like a thing, I mean, maybe exist. 10 years ago. Yeah, it didn't really exist. And then one level deeper, when I got into personal development several years ago through, you know, Lori Harder and going to her events, I was like, wait, okay. So there's a huge difference between ingesting this information, like listening to the podcast, reading the books, going to the events, and then actually integrating things into your life and making mm. real changes and feeling like you're changing. Because I would get so frustrated when I would hear people say like, I'm a totally different person. I don't even recognize a past version of me. And I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm, we're all still here. All the Jessica's are here. Like maybe I'm not as <laughs> reactive or, but I feel like I haven't, change that much but like to your point earlier I have like I have I just don't always give myself credit or look at like remember your first podcast episode well look yeah. at you now you have changed in subtle ways that you're not <laughs> stopping to give yourself credit for because I am certainly not who I was you know when I first went to beauty school or whatever like all of those phases of us but sometimes we don't stop and acknowledge that and also for those people that are sitting at these like so-called 
tables that we haven't been invited to yet. Like they've gone through all of these seasons as well, where they too were looking at other tables and other red velvet ropes and feeling the same way. And I think that's what's really cool about people like Lindsay and Lori and, you know, a variety of other women that we both know is like, they share those stories and they've made it a point to remind us as we grow and do what we do to always turn around and invite people with you. And I hope that my show does that. And I know your show does the same thing. And I mean, you even created this, this gratitude journal. Will you tell us a little bit about like how you designed it and what, what the thought process was behind it and what has having a journaling gratitude practice done for you? Yeah. I was laughing just now before I get into that because I had such a picture of you painted such a good picture when you like all the Jessica's showed up. I could literally see like how funny would it be to be sitting at, you know, your high school lunch table with all the versions of you over the last oh decade. My yeah. But like, that's good. That's a good, I'm like stealing that. That's like a really good visualization exercise. I'm going to like go <laughs> noodle on that later. Um, yeah. So I was obsessed. I went to see um, a few years ago, Rise Business Conference was like jam-packed. It was like Marie Forleo, you know, Rachel Hollis, Ed Milet, Dean Graziosi, uh, Brandon Boucher. It was freaking everybody under the Tuscan sun. And I went and when I left, there was a gratitude practice. Uh, it was the Start Today Journal. And I did that religiously for three years. And then it went out of print. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Like I've been doing this every day for the past three years. Like what, or maybe it was more than three years at the time. I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I'll just create my own can't be that can't be that challenging right are we getting a pattern on like i'll just i'll just do it um <laughs> yolo yolo so i reached out to a couple different people about how they've put out like pdf like not pdfs but workbooks on amazon and things like that with amazon publishing and so through literally trial and error i created a gratitude practice that elaborated on you know, what I liked from the start today journal and then like what worked for me and then what didn't work and created my own. Um, and it's just something I have done. I'm a huge fan of morning routines. Um, I myself was like such a non-believer. I was like all these people I I'm obsessed with and I look up to do this every morning, but I, I don't need it. And then when I finally leaned into it and was like, okay, let's like make this a thing. Let's be real about, let's be real about this stuff. It really worked for me. And and then I started to see the goals that I would write down come to fruition because they were at the forefront of my brain and I was writing them past tense as though they already happened, like really bringing that into my life, into existence for me. I was like, wait, there's definitely, this is, this is good. Um, and I've just done that now. Um, I guess that conference was probably in 2019. So it'll be going on four years. And I decided to put out the journal in February. Uh, January. I was like, let's go. You know, it took a lot of trial and error. It comes back from the printer and like, you don't like it or the font's weird. And like, you got to send it back. And again, it's like get that like trial and error. Like, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to figure this out. It's formative. Feedback's formative. And, and then I finally got one that I was like happy with. And then, you know, it's funny. It's probably not going to be the last version or iteration of it. I'll probably put out a new cover and like change the inside, add more to it as the time goes on. And I'm like, Ooh, put that quote and put this thing in. So again, I think it's a constant evolution of what you like. And I say this all the time, take what you want, leave what you don't. Um, but I think all of our businesses, processes, podcasts, like journals, whatever coaching programs, whatever we're doing is literally just a constant, like a constant role of that. Yeah. I love that you touched on morning routine because anyone who follows me knows that that's like a huge thing that I swear by. Yeah. And it's evolved over the last couple of years due to like my variation of work and <clears throat> now being able to work from home and having like the freedom to work when I want versus like when the client books an appointment. It's yeah. changed a lot of things for me. And I realized I had to relearn a lot of um, structures structure around how I was working. And as like a projector who's been disguised as a generator for all these years, Ooh. I was like, you know, I run at a very fast pace, but then I need a lot of rest time. And so it's why at the salon, I could work for 10 hours straight, but then I needed two days to recover. And it was like, don't talk to me. Nobody look at me. Like, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even think to make small talk. Yeah. So, you know, now with the way I can work, I kept pushing myself to do what I'd always done, which was I had to go to the gym first thing in the morning. I had to do everything in the morning because I had to go to the salon the rest of the day. Yeah. And yeah. now 
like sometimes I want to wake up and my brain's just going and I'm like, you're in create mode. Like go create, go record a podcast looking like you just crawled out of bed, go create content on your social. If that's when you're feeling most inspired and then go to the gym or like get on the treadmill and do it. So I had to like reframe that morning routine. And I swear by, you know, I either journal or I read first when I have my coffee in the morning. Mm. If I'm feeling like lack of inspiration or motivation, I'll read first. And usually within maybe it's one sentence, even that, you know, you open a book and sometimes it's exactly what you need to read. And then it triggers something. And then there goes my journaling. It's awesome. Mm. I can just flow. Other times I can't wait to write. Um, but I've opened up that writing space time because I want to write more books. And I'm like this practice of just writing whatever comes to your mind without rules or restrictions has helped me. And same with life. Like when you can give yourself parameters, but also that freedom, that's where like all of a sudden you become a soul cycle instructor, yeah. right? All of a sudden, like, you know, that's, and people look at like, how did you do that? Or where did that come from? And I'm like, just giving yourself the ability to say like, I'm okay, I'm okay if I want to change or I'm okay if I want to pivot or make that that leap or whatever that looks like. And I feel like, do you get a lot of clients sometimes that are, I want this, but you know, there's so much, it's not even always fear. Like it's worthiness, judgment, letting go of like past identities, or I've put this much work in, I can't da 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 da. Like, does that seem to be like somewhat of a common theme for you as well? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that so much, it's just like such a human experience that I feel like it, it threads through so much. Um, but I'd say, yeah, I definitely feel like I hear that pretty often. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's always based off of like what you hear your clients say over and over, like on a coaching call. And I'll never forget. I was just chatting with a girlfriend who is also a coach. So it's tricky when you have friends that are also like basically therapists and you're sharing <laughs> something and that you're like your core problem that you're like coming to her for like, Hey, this, this, this. <laughs> and then at the end of it, she goes, well, you've said six times that you don't want to do hair anymore. So I think the fact that you're trying to decide if you should have the space still is an obvious answer. And then she like would tie it on with, well, what do you want? And I would get, we literally had lunch yesterday and I was like, I talk about you all the time because you would ask that in such an annoying way of like, it was such an easy thing to answer. Well, what do you want? I was like, it sounds so simple, but so many people have a hard time peeling back of the expectations of what they should want. I, I want my family to be this. I want my husband. To, I, I want everybody else to be good. I don't know what the fuck I want. Yeah. Um, and they can't get discerning enough around like, I don't even know. I don't have time to think about what I want. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's like a huge thing that's not discussed enough. I think that's rooted in like people pleasing and again, like trying, you know, it's so funny. I talked to my dad this morning about, you know, that same concept of like, you know, something crazy happens on a plane and you want to go and put everybody else's mask on before your own. Like, how are you going to help everybody else before you can help yourself? But I think that can go not only for help, but that can also go for like joy. Like you want everybody else in your life to be happy, but you're not happy. So how's that going to work? Or you want everybody else to be successful in your life, but you're not like acting on what you feel like that success is or whatever has been put in your heart for a purpose. So I think that's like, that's that you know, you could bounce that saying around and X, Y, Z, add in whatever you want to make the scenario work. But I definitely hear that a lot. But one thing I think is really challenging sometimes when you're, there's one thing that's like being stuck and not acting on something when you actually can. And then there's being in the space of, you know what the right choice is, but you can't make that happen yet because it's just plain reckless. Because I think we're really living in a world right now where everybody's just like, quit the job, do the thing. Like one of my favorite sayings, my friend Heidi always says to me is paper doesn't refusing. So like everyone's a seven figure business. Everybody's crushing it. Like the internet makes you feel like you're crazy because you're like, am I the only one that's like coming up against like anything right now? Or is everybody just like out there living their best life? Like, you know, quitting their jobs, like chasing their passions, whatever. Um, I think not enough people talk about how uncomfortable it is when you know what the right decision is, but in order to actually like make it work and not just like bleed your family dry or like siphon your bank accounts or things like that, you have to sit in like the suck of it and it sucks. Like there's a period where it's just, it's pretty gnarly and you might know what the right decision is and it doesn't even come down to action. It comes down to like, Sometimes I think you have to sit in the suck for a little bit and put all the things in motion and get all the plans in action so that you can lift yourself from there and in a responsible way. Because I think there is definitely like, there's times in your life where you can just jump off the cliff. 
I think like a lot of times, like when you're younger, when you don't have a lot of overhead, when you don't have a family, you don't have other mouths to feed, you don't have sick parents to take care of, you have $90,000, you know, whatever it is, those are real realities. And I think it's so great to talk about all the whippy dippy stuff. Like, yeah, like, let's go, like, you know, let's just do the damn thing. But I think not enough people are talking about the process when you know the exact answer and you have to sit in the like strife of it and like the suck of it for a little bit in order to then go chase the dream, the wish, the passion, whatever. No one is talking about that. No one is talking about that suck. Knowing no in your one. heart of hearts that you know the decision, like you could make it tomorrow if you didn't have X, Y, and Z, but you do have X, Y, and Z. So then what can I do now with what I have in my arsenal, in my war chest, if you will, to make the strides so that I can take that flying leap sooner? Like, how do I get out of the suck faster? Yeah. Almost. Oh my God. So good. So juicy. I think part two, we didn't talk about that, yeah. but I, th <laughs> I think we touched on enough and you went deep enough on that subject that anybody who is listening to this and is getting really real with themselves is probably in some level part in part of that suck because yeah. unless, unless we have it all and we've, we're the person putting on Instagram that we're making seven figures and life's all, uh, all the things. I mean, I even know people that are saying that and then it's not the case. So I feel like just take what she said and realize again, why we started this podcast with the, the common theme of you're not alone. And you're probably going through some shit that we're, what we've experienced or that we're currently in. Um, and that we know enough people who have been through that suck. And then you'll hit that again, where you want to level up. You know, there's things I want to do with the show. There's things I want to do with the agency that I can't do yet. And it's not a matter of not knowing, like you said, I know exactly what I would do if I could do it, but it's, it would be a little reckless in some arenas. So yeah. I have to wait and I have to do a few other things in my life that I don't necessarily want to do right now in order to create runway for me to be able to do those other things. So, um, yeah, this is, I mean, I know this is probably going to hit really hard and people are going to be like, yeah, this is okay, cool. I don't need to have an answer right now. I yeah. don't, I have an answer, but I, I can just sit in it. And sometimes, you know, just being able to let yourself be, I think yoga has really taught me how to just sit with myself and be, uh, that's why I work out. It's literally like my form of movie meditation. So I can just process that energy that feels like it has to do something right now, but it can't. Mm. And so it gets all stuck in your body and it can feel like anxiousness and depression and pain and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And if you don't release it, like that's my way of doing it through journaling in the morning, through meditation, through working out. And like, if it's shit's really stuck, like I will spend a lot of time at the gym, just really trying to sweat it out and visualize it out of my system so that, you know, it's not just about visualizing like what you want your life to be like. It's about sometimes letting things go. And yeah. you know, I find for me, breath work is one of those modalities too, where like, if you literally want to focus on releasing, you know, that can be a huge catalyst to letting things really go. Um, yeah. Do you have ways that you sort of process, I'm sure through working out, but are yeah. there ways that you've learned to like handle that internally? So you can feel less stuck, I guess. It's so interesting. In pain. I feel like I, I feel like I'm a cheater for like having the answer of working out because that's literally my job. So I wonder how I would handle my shit if it wasn't my job, because I can't think of a time in my life where like I didn't work out or I wasn't on yeah. a D1 team or I wasn't like, it wasn't, it's always been a non-negotiable in my life, quite frankly. So I almost feel like it's kind of a cop out for me to be like, yeah, move your body. Um, but I, yeah, that would be it. Uh, for me, like the ocean is so big for me. It just brings everything back down. Like I remember I would have like a horrible, I remember one day I had like the worst day, you know, quote, unquote, the worst day of my life at my job in California before. So it's like before all things. And I literally like went to the beach and I just walked down and like in California, the beach is like a, a mile long. It's huge to get to the water. And I remember just like stomping down and diving in fully clothed. And I was just like, huh like let it go. But I just feel like that's so much. I don't know if anybody else is an ocean beach person. For me, that's my biggest place of calm. Some people like love the outdoors or love to hike or love to be in nature, like horseback riding. There's a lot of like nature elements that I feel like sometimes can bring you back down. I feel like I probably, I do resonate in those. And then obviously I do like to work my body. But like I said, I also kind of feel like that is a little yeah. bit of a cop out for me since it's also my job. I get that. And what's so crazy is I, I was a personal trainer for many years and did like competitive bodybuilding in yeah. my late twenties. And there was a part of me that's like, 
you need this so much. You should just make this your career because you're never going to be able to live without it because yeah. like growing up playing sports, it was like always this non-negotiable that I didn't really think about. And, you know, in those years, especially after I had my son, I was like, th like, this is your mental health, mm. you know, work. This is your therapy. This is how you process stuff. This is how you let things go. And so, you know, anytime people struggle with, you know, getting their workouts in or the gym, I'm like, it's, it is just as important as what you feed yourself, what you listen to, all the things. Um, and yeah, I really is. It, it, it's funny that people who are in, in like fitness industries when they're like, just move your body. And people, I, I look at you guys and I think you're like, yeah, F you. you get to Literally. do it for a living. But um, it's like any excuse, right? We can create it and make time for whatever it is. we. I literally have two Pelotons in my house. I was like, <laughs> if I'm going to spend any money, I've, I, I have no excuse, none. Um, I've loved this conversation so much. Like, how can people get a hold of you? I know you hang out on Instagram and I know you have a community that you um, are a part of as well. Will you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, I always say, I mean, I obviously have a website, madstats.com, and I do primarily hang out on Instagram. I'm pretty active in my DMs. So I always say, if you loved this episode, um, repost it wherever you're, maybe you're walking on the beach or doing your mental health walk, your mentee health walk, or, you know, wherever you might have stumbled across this, I would say repost it on your stories or wherever and tag myself and just in it, because I think that's always the coolest. That's the way we get to connect and see that the things we're saying are actually creating that ripple, ripple effect out in the world. Um, so at madstads.com and a ddztadddz.com and it's also just at madstads on Instagram and that's pretty much where everything really is beyond beyond the website and joining my email list and kind of like the quote unquote boring stuff but um yeah I'd say Instagram I'm on TikTok but like it's a joke so <laughs> I love it and can we get your journal on your website or would you is it on you Amazon can get it or on the website you can get it on cool. Amazon Prime it's just wildly capable wicked fearless so all things wicked fearless. That is a thread that kind of is woven through a lot of my brand overall. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much where you find me. I love it. Thank you. This conversation was like so therapeutic and helpful for me too. Cause I feel like, you know, sometimes we don't get to actually share these conversations and like think about things in different ways and perspective shifts are just always like my favorite gift to oh, be yeah. given and then also to give. And so that is always like the underlying thread of this podcast of why we changed the name to unscripted because, you know, I, I know that we all feel like we have this script we've been given or this card that we've been dealt or this life that we've been like, and we, at the end of the day, all have choices. And like you said, some of them might come with consequences, good and bad. Yeah. And, you know, if there are changes that you want to make, get around people who are doing the things you want to be doing, stay in conversation with people who help you believe what can be possible for you rather than the opposite, obviously. Um, and if that just happens to be a podcast like ours, you know, let us know and connect with us. I love, I love connecting with people in the DMs and I have been more vocal around asking just like you for that validation, you know, yeah. girl wants some validation. Like, tell me my outfit looks cute. <laughs> like, tell me like this podcast was awesome. Tell me that you are like loving the things and, you know, let's, let's all lock arms together and, you know, create more magic together. Because like you said, we, we have the ability if we take the action to reach back and, you know, bring people with us. So if you guys love this episode, you know what to do. I'm so appreciative of this community and everybody here. And we'll see you on the next episode of Unscripted. Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love. <laughs>